Good day, everyone. My name is Anthony Scott, and I serve as Chief for Inclusion and Belonging with Virginia Tech Student Affairs. I want to welcome you to the Foundation's podcast. The Foundation's podcast is presented to you by Virginia Tech Student Affairs, and it's a forum for us to address topics in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. These conversations can be tough to have sometimes. So Foundations is created to engage and interact directly with students, staff members, and community members, and create a space for difficult, transparent discussions, highlighting themes such as self-awareness, cultural knowledge, openness, perspective, collaboration, and more. Without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome. Today, I am joined by several advocates here at Virginia Tech who are committed to ending sexual violence. Could you all please take a moment and just um, introduce yourselves? I'll start off. Sure. Um, my name is Caroline Lohr. Um, I am a senior studying psychology with an Africana Studies minor, and I am the president of the Undergraduate Student Senate and sit on the SVCC as a co-facilitator of the uh, Community Engagement Subcommittee and sit on a couple others. You are busy. Busy. Okay. <laughs> All right. And next? I'm Katie Polidoro, so I serve as the university's Title IX coordinator, which means I do all things gender discrimination, and a lot of my time is spent figuring out how do we respond to sexual harassment, violence, and I also chair the Sexual Violence Culture Climate Committee. You're busy too. All right, and lastly? I am Kate Simpson, and I am part of the subcommittee for community engagement for the SVCC. And I am also part of Dr. Marion Mullen's special study um, relating to uh, the history of the sexual climate and culture here at Virginia Tech. Okay, what year are you? I'm a junior. And you? Senior. Senior. And you? I'm a freshman, Anthony. <laughs> I know, I, I well, look really young. <laughs> well, it's, it's good to start off with some laughter, but I do want to take the time to um, remind everyone that before we, we begin, want to let the audience know that today's podcast contains references to sexual and gender-based violence so your discretion is advised and we want this to be a great conversation but um and i just want to first of all thank you all for being here in today's conversation we'll be talking about the issues of sexual violence on college campuses and the extent of that work that is being done by the sexual violence culture and climate task force um, that has been done here at Virginia Tech. So how did this get started? Yeah. So we've done a lot of work around how we respond to sexual violence over the years and probably not quite as much about how do we prevent it? How do we build a safer campus culture? How do we actually kind of root out what causes it? Um, and so we were kind of along this path and then the pandemic hit, yeah. right? Um, and the semester that students really came back to normal life on campus, we saw a pretty sharp increase in incidents of sexual violence. And so part of it was in response to, we need to really do better in preventing this. Um, we also were hearing a lot from students, whether it was in kind of quiet rooms about, hey, we wanna see this happen, or in really loud spaces and student activism and protesting, hey, university, you need to do this. And so that led us to form the work group to be more intentional, but also more widespread about how do we impact culture. So for this work group, is it something that has been put together by your office or is it something by 
Yeah, no, it's actually an initiative by President Sands. Okay. Um, and so I was asked to chair the group, um, but it's really led from the president's office, and there are lots of university leaders from across campus and from students on the group. Well, what kind of resources have they provided that will help benefit, um, benefit students and help people understand this work? Yeah. So we are about, I guess, 18 months or so in, and we're kind of looking at this as this is not work that will be done. It's, it's long haul, right? Yeah. Um, in our first year, we were able to put together, I think, a good amount of foundation for what we were doing. Um, we, some of the more subtle work that we did that may not be completely evident is we did a lot of training mm -hmm. of um, folks within the residential well-being program right. who interact with new students, um, really empowering people in those areas to do more prevention programming and have more conversations. And so those things have been happening in our residence halls and our classrooms. Um, we built a new website called Safe at VT okay. that um, is really just a much more approachable place for people to find out information, no matter what their need is related to sexual violence. Um, we've had, I think, great success in having a, a great prevention um, campaign rolled out. And so people might start to notice some of the social media postings that are happening mm -hmm. through Hokie Wellness and Student Affairs. Um, we were able to get some prevention messaging up on the Jumbotron yeah. at um, games, so just kind of spreading that you know message and making it more visible. Um, those are some of the things. Well, it's definitely good to know that this is important to the leadership of the university, and it's wonderful to see students who are, are involved. So, Carolyn and Kate, um, can you just tell me what does it mean to be an advocate of this work for you? Yeah. So for me. Um, I came along a little bit before the SECC was um, created. Um, I had just gotten into the student body president role um, a couple months, and I ran on the platform of we need to work towards this. Um, I am in a sorority and surround myself with really strong women, and a lot of those women were people who you were talking about talking saying that we the university needs to do something we need to be talking about this whatever the efforts and the steps that needs to be taken you know people are willing to make that sacrifice and willing to learn um, I have been an advocate of this for my whole life and really saw an opportunity to expand on women's voices and um, the LGBTQ plus communities voices as well and then men as well who have been affected by this so really just trying to look at the holistic picture of how can we ensure that every student on Virginia Tech's campus feels safe and feels heard and validated through the experiences that they've had. It's good to hear you mention and take note of the fact that men are um, also affected in this area. So I really appreciate that. So how do you believe students and staff can become better advocates? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that we talk about in, in the subcommittee as well is really just trying to expand and get everybody talking about it. Um, that we wanna create the safe spaces and the resources and have our residential well-being student leaders, you know, kind of know how to guide the conversation, having faculty know when something isn't right or looking at um, 
preventative efforts that they can just talk about. And one of the things too is the class, I can't remember, what is it called again? It's a special study through Mary and Merlin. All right, special study, yes. Um, really just trying to educate students, faculty, staff on what this looks like and the impact that it has and ultimately how we can show a preventative effort and then also support students um, or support survivors when when something arises. Wonderful. And, and Kate, you just mentioned this class. So what other programming um, that is available here at Virginia Tech to help people understand the effects of sexual violence? So I know that we are looking at creating classes uh, that we can, and presentations for uh, dorms, specifically uh, talking about sexual geography, what it looks like to um, participate in sexual behavior on campus and how to remain safe in those spaces. I look more at the history side of things through the special study. So. Uh, we mentioned um, talking about how men are also affected by this. I'm actually looking at the Corps of Cadets specifically. Um, so our special study, we go into special collections and we look at primary sources which deal with all, all things climate and culture as far as sexual wellness. Uh, so the Corps of Cadets admitted women in 1973 for the first time. And so that's been my area of focus. Wonderful. So I understand that this work goes out and is for everyone. So how has the work been received so far? Yeah, I think that from the folks that we've reached, it's positive, um, especially on kind of, you know, people really seeing that we're being more clear about what our intentions are, um, the, that we're kind of communicating more about who the folks are that do this work, rather than it just kind of being like, oh, this is an an institution or administrative issue, but can actually see like, oh, here's somebody who's familiar to me, who's caring, who is taking it seriously. Um, but on the flip side, I think some of the things that we're hearing is one, we need to be more inclusive, right? Um, men experience sexual violence, um, LGBTQ plus folks, and especially trans folks, um, experience really high rates of sexual violence. Um, and we know from our campus climate surveys that specifically women of color are really concerned about this issue, which makes us, I think, have to do a double check and figure out, are we, are we seeing that in our reports? And if we're not seeing that in reports, what's the barrier there? And what aren't we doing to make that community feel safe? Um, and so we need to be more inclusive. We've had this really high level, let's meet everybody, let's try and apply our prevention and outreach work to everybody. We need to start actually looking at, let's focus on some underrepresented folks. Let's focus on some high-risk populations. Um, and the other thing we know we need to do is just be more inclusive of student perspectives and the work that we're doing. Yeah, you, you, you brought up students a couple of times, and it's good that you're really engaging students in this work. So from, ex from your experience, how have the students' attitudes shifted? Have, I mean, you from uh, uh, a faculty perspective and you two from a student perspective, how do you believe students' mindsets are changing? So, especially through this study, I've noticed that students are becoming more engaged. We're having workshops now to understand, to help students better understand uh, sexual violence and how to prevent it, how to report it. And we're having great numbers. A lot of people are, are turning up. Um, so I think that 
right now we're just really focused on student engagement and having and having students feel safe reaching out. I would say from on, on top of that, what I have seen is just the acknowledgement and and the acknowledgement of not knowing everything. Um, that some men have never been in the shoes of women and that some women have never been in the shoes of the queer community. And so it's all about trying to have empathy to understand and through this I think just the fact that we're talking about it and we're acknowledging and recognizing and then saying okay we need to move forward it really creates a tone of passion for the students that um, I work with and then with the website as well gotten so so much positive feedback for the safe of ET website um, it's really awesome and I um, am a volunteer for a third-party organization called end rape on campus um, fantastic organization um, what they have done is finding all of the different policies procedures adjudication um, state laws uh, if the university is being looked at um, Title IX on a federal level, different things like that. It's really hard to find that about universities and what In Rape on Campus has done is they have compiled all of it together and have made this interactive map where you can look at specific schools, you can compare schools um, to talk about for prospective students, for parents, um, and then also to as a resource for students on that university's campus. And what we have at Safe at BT is really just that. Um, and after I was with EROC, um, being able to look at our website and what we're doing with students and just being very proactive, it's a lot of positive things. It's just a matter of, like you said, getting student engagement to the fullest yeah. extent. Absolutely. Yeah, you sounds like you guys are doing fabulous work and a lot more than we were doing years ago. So. You talked about students again, and what do you what do you see as the future as you evolve in this work? What do you envision this being? For myself, it's really education and knowledge. I am an individual who resonates with the philosophy of education and knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. um, being able to know the experiences and the facts of what is going on on campus, being able to meet with different administrators and faculty members and being heard is something that I think we're doing a great job as taking steps forward with that. Um, really just hoping to have that inclusive and, and safe culture and it's hard to change culture. <laughs> it is. Um, I did also want to ask all of you, um, I recognize that Katie, your office is a great resource for students, but what are other offices or other resources that are available to students at Virginia Tech? Yeah, there's lots of great places. So my office is there for people who maybe already know I'm okay with somebody knowing about what's happened to me. I wanna go through a formal process where I want somebody to reach out to instructors for support. Not everybody's there yet. Um, some people need to have that really private space to talk about. The Women's Center at Virginia Tech is probably our best place on campus for people who have experienced sexual violence. And they're named the Women's Center. They serve people of all genders. Um, they're really experts in their private place. Um, they can provide counseling. They can provide support and advocacy. 
Um, Cook Counseling is also another really great place. And now with the, the Timely Care um, branch, it's fantastic because you don't have to be here in Blacksburg to take advantage of their services. And as we have more students on our Roanoke and Northern Virginia campuses, it's really important that we know that this, this affects them as well. You know, right, the Dean yeah. of Students Office is a fantastic place because you used to do fantastic yeah, work they, in this yes, field. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, and they're kind of growing in their ability to provide services for students who've experienced these things. You brought up the timely care, and I, I do want to ask the students, um, do students know about timely care? Do, do you guys hear them talking about that? And and just, just so people understand, timely care for, for Virginia Tech, we have Cook Counseling, but we also have an online service that is available for students to get immediate counseling services, and it's called timely care. And we're tr really trying to push it out to students. And it's also good for faculty and staff to use as well. But for our students, do they know about it? I have not heard it mentioned among my peers, but I know that there was a banner on Canvas, which we all have access to, um, which explained it a little bit. Uh, I know that it helps expand upon Cook Counseling, so uh, if, if they're being understaffed or if we have too many students for staff to handle, it's, it's a resource for others to reach out to. So I think that um, maybe pushing it more will be helpful for students. Yeah, and just to echo that, um, I think that on-campus students are a little bit more familiar through the orientation process and through RAs, um, that they might conceptualize and know what it is a little bit more than those who are off-campus. So pushing it out, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great resource. I've used it many times, um, and it's really cool. It's really cool. In, in the last few moments we have available, I do have a question I just want to pose to you. And I'm imagining a student, um, just a student at, v at Virginia Tech that's been sexually assaulted. And just imagining the fear that they have and the trepidation that they have to the very thought of calling their parents. What would you tell, if you were able to have that student sitting in front of you, what guidance would you give them as a student peer or as um, someone from the faculty is, who is there to support them? Yeah, you know, I would start by just saying you're not alone. This happens to people. Um, there are lots of people who care, who are ready to help. You don't have to call your parents. It's okay if that's not something that you wanna share. And you have options, right? There's no one right thing to do or right time to do it. And there are a lot of people in this community who will help connect you when you're ready or to the people that feel best for you. Um, reach out when you can, right? Yeah, definitely I would say through our work, we're attempting to bridge that gap. And we, we want people to know that they certainly are not alone. They're not the first and um, we definitely have so many resources available, different ones. So if, if one doesn't fit your, your needs or desires, we have others that might. And um, everyone is, is more than willing to support you. I would say that the student is heard and validated and seen and through peer advocates or through Title IX or the Women's Resource Center, Dean of Students, we want 
to make sure that the individual feels heard. Um, and going back off of what y'all hit it on the mark, but just really offering support in whatever way that looks like. Um, there isn't a one right way or wrong way. It is individualistic and that makes it really easy at times and it also makes it really hard because there isn't a set structure of, okay, what do I do? How do I feel? What am I supposed to feel? What is supposed to happen? Because you don't know what to feel and that's okay. We're just here to talk with you and and get you through where you need to go and with the three of you here, um, the men and women on this campus, I'm sure they're, they're taken care of. And I really appreciate the work that all of you are doing, all of your colleagues, um, fellow students. So as we end, do you have any last words or anything that you would like to say? I just wanna thank you for having this conversation. Right? This is how we start. This is how we affect culture is that we intentionally talk about it when it's appropriate and hopefully it's appropriate as often as it can be, right? I would say um, thank you again as well. Like I said, we, we've all been trying to get the engagement, trying to get the visibility out there um, to talk about all of this. And that we're working. It's a hard, hard transition. And going back to what you're saying, what we're trying to do is large. It's not, you know, minuscule and it's not fixing a bullet hold with a band-aid it is genuinely covering all aspects of what we need to look at to move forward uh, to continue to grow at Virginia Tech. Yes I would say that we just we just have to keep working I know that we're rolling out a lot of different programs workshops classes events that will keep students updated on so and I'm sure that we'll see a ton of student engagement through that. Wonderful. Well, thank you. And I want to thank you all for joining us today. I appreciate you sharing your insight about this crucial work that's being done here at Virginia Tech. And uh, we want to make sure that this is a safe and welcoming environment for everyone in our community. We hope that through this conversation today, you, our listeners, feel more aware about how you can stay safe help others stay safe, and help build a university culture of protection and respect. To find out more about how to get support or share support, visit safe.vt.edu. Thank you all again. And thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day.